Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. Visit them at milwaukeeadmirals.com. Welcome in Sparky's Midday Madness. Live from the G. Wagner Plumbing Studios. G. Wagner, not G. Wagner Plumbing Studios. Lakeland University Studios. I'm thinking of baseball in town. Uh, offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. Actually, funny. It was the G. Wagner Plumbing Studios before it was Lakeland University Studios. How funny is that? Um, so, yeah. So, coming up, I'm going to talk with Andy Herman. Pack a day podcast. Packer Report. Looking forward uh, to talking to him coming up here in about 15 uh, or so minutes uh, about the Green Bay Packers. I, I really kind of want to um, get into his brain a little bit uh, about all the different variations of um, you know trading up, trading back, um, some of these mock drafts, who he likes, um, guys that maybe he stays away from, um, all, all of that. Because if you follow Andy Herman uh, on, on Twitter... Um, or you listen to his podcast, you you realize he's a pretty knowledgeable dude, a huge Packer guy, um, uh, and kind of is able to rationalize things a lot better than I am maybe sometimes. Uh, so looking forward to having Andy Herman on the show uh, in just a little bit here on Sparky's Midday Madness. So I didn't want to do this and go over the whole thing again on the big show because they did it yesterday. But since this is Sparky's Midday Madness, um, I, I want to do it on this show. We've only got one segment. Um, so I'm I'm going to play... This this lineup rant from Tim Allen that they talked about yesterday in the big show. What was it? The first hour of the show, 10 o'clock? First hour, yep. Right, first hour. Uh, and talked about it for like an hour, people calling in and everything else about this lineup talk. Um, so I'm going to play this Tim Allen lineup rant from the other night. Um, and, and then I'm going to give you my two cents since I wasn't able to get it since I was off yesterday um, on what Tim Allen has to say here. Here it is, uh, the franchise, Tim Allen, here I'm on the Gene Wagner uh, Plumbing Baseball Post Game Show uh, presented to you by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek. Uh, after each and every game, including coming up tonight after uh, Milwaukee and Baltimore. Here it is. How much do you think lineups impact the outcome? That's all I got to ask. How much do you think the lineups impact the outcome of a baseball game? Because I think it does, and I've always thought it did. And it will continue to affect the outcome of all baseball games. That's what it's all about. You shuffle the lineup for a reason. That means the lineup means something. How do you think Colton Wong feels right now? Hitting seventh, two of the four games. Seventh. Dude was on base at a 335 clip last year and 356 the year before. Dude hit 272 last year and hit 265 the year before. What did he do 
What did he do to get moved to seventh behind Keston Hira and Tyrone Taylor? You wonder about an offense? What did Rowdy Telez do outside of being born a left-hander? That with a man on in a two-run baseball game, he has one swing potential, and simply because a lefty's out there, Lorenzo Cain gets to bat. How do you think these guys feel? I'm just, one, I'm just wondering out loud on all this stuff. How do you think they feel? Like on a personal level, how do you think Colton Wong feels? When you look at his numbers, the last two seasons for this baseball team, and he gets bumped to seven simply because there's a left-hander on the mound. Why wouldn't you put McCutcheon in the three or four hole and fatten up your lineup a little bit and leave Colton Wong, Willie Adamas, Christian Yelich, Andrew McCutcheon alone, top four every day? Let's go. In my estimation, they do that four consecutive games. They don't average 2.2 runs a game through four games because that's what they're averaging right now, 2.25 runs per game. So there's Tim Allen on his rant. Uh, and it's the righty-lefty lineup rant, um, obviously talking about Colton Wong uh, being one of the more focal points, Andrew McCutcheon, so forth. We had Vinny Rotino on earlier. We talked to him about it too. And I, I saw people on Twitter um, getting all worked up about this. Saying, well, okay, counsel, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Well, why question a guy that it's worked so well with for so long? He's gotten into the playoffs so many years. Just leave it alone. This is th- this is what I want to say. First of all, it was BS when counsel said it the first time, and it's BS every time he says it after. It just is. It's, it's flat-out BS. You are playing guys in certain positions in the lineups based on what numbers tell you. You are not making that lineup for any other reason. Now, whether you're you're running the numbers or the analytics department's running the numbers or whatever, there is a reason to why you're putting guys in different areas of the lineup. The lineup means a ton. If the lineup didn't mean a ton, you'd run the same dudes out there every day, regardless of righty or lefty, and guys wouldn't change. Guy gets a day off, that guy comes out, his replacement goes right into that same position in the lineup, and you play on. If lineups didn't mean anything, right? You just play the same lineup every day, it's fine. It means, I will argue, it, these lineups mean more to counsel than they met, met to probably most of his predecessors. I mean, you go back to the Field and Braun era, you knew where Field and Braun were. I don't care if it was a righty, a lefty, or somebody that pitched both ways in a game. It wasn't changing. That was where they were going to bat. And more times than not, you knew where Ricky Weeks was going to bat. And J.J. Hardy. Now, he fluctuated a little bit between two and then all the way down to the bottom of the lineup, but or an eight in front of the pitcher, which he hated. Um, so maybe he fluctuated a little bit, but for the most part, you knew kind of where everybody was day in and day out. None of this nonsense of moving guys all around. Now, again, back then you didn't have all this advanced analytics stuff, uh, that the brewers were paying attention to or caring about Doug Melvin, I think looked at it, but he wasn't over the top with it. These guys, now that we got here, they are over the top with it, uh, and played by the numbers. And again, not saying it doesn't work. Clearly, it's worked. Again, they've they've been in the playoffs what four straight years, going for five straight years. So it works. Tim's point of the players. I don't think they care. Not that the players themselves don't care, but I don't think the guys running the numbers and putting them wherever care. I think the conversation simply is Colton, guys upstairs think you need a bat here because of the numbers. So that's where I'm batting you. Simple. This is it. This is what we're doing. And we're doing it because it's worked before you got here, uh, and we're going to continue to do it with you here. This is what our analytics say, and uh, I'm with our analytics guys on this one, Colton. Just trust us. Uh, This is going to be best for the team. Colton Wong, played in St. Louis, team first guy, fine. Andrew McCutcheon has played on numerous losing teams in his career. He simply wants to, you know, finish with a ring or whatever the case may be. Team player, you want me to go hit leadoff against lefties? Fine. Whatever you want. Those are the guys you have to have in order to do what they're doing. You can't have me first, guys. If you have the Bronson feelers of the world, this is not going to work. Could you imagine if you told Ryan Braun, hey, dude, um, I know you bat three, but against lefties, we're going to hit you seven. 
Do you know what that would have done? Or Fielder, hey, man, I know you hit four against righties, but against lefties, we're going to hit you eighth. Could you imagine how that would have played? It would have been a disaster, and it would have been a public disaster on top of everything else. Now, obviously, both of those two back then, much better than Colton Wong and Andrew McCutcheon and so forth. I understand. But there was no screwing around with lineups. There's more screwing around with lineups now than there's ever been. But it's got to be all balanced, right? So Tim may hate it. I may hate it. You may hate it. But the results say it works. So you kind of just got to suck it up and be like, whatever. Do what you got to do. Now, if you want to nitpick and go, hey, uh, what exactly is it that Christian Yelich is doing that he doesn't get moved out of that three hole? Like, well, what exactly? And don't tell me what he did three or four years ago, but what exactly is he doing to prove himself to be in that hole? I've said it before. For me, he could stay there till June. And then in June, re- reanalyze where he's at. Look at his numbers. Look at how hard he's hitting the ball consistently. And then determine if you're going to keep him in that three hole. I'd give him a couple months. I'm fine with that. You know, I know a lot of you act like April is, is September. Um, ah, one win means the same thing, Spark. It's all the same. Okay. You tell me if Craig Council manages his bullpen the same way in September as he does in April. Just let me know how that works. It's not. They manage games differently after the All-Star break in August, and especially in September, than they do in April and May. Everything is managed differently. Everything. Guys getting days off more often during the beginning and middle half of the season than that last couple of months. It's all managed differently. And I don't care what manager you want to bring up, whether it's Council, uh, whether it's Bochi, Bud Black, Jim Leland, uh, Davey Johnson, Dusty Baker, bring up any old school manager that you want. It's never the same. They don't manage the same in the beginning like they do in the end. It's just not the same. Yes. What do you need? Speaking of managerial decisions, like you're talking yeah. about, interesting one coming up today for Dave Roberts. Clayton Kershaw is perfect through seven. They just hit back-to-back-to-back home runs the Dodgers did against the Twins. Oh, the Dodgers hit it. Yes, so bottom of the eighth. I've got Kershaw in fantasy. Well, doing great today. Okay, good. So you're saying do they pull him or not? They had someone in the uh, bullpen warming up at the end of the seventh. Right now his pitch count is 80. And he's had a no-hitter, right? Perfect game? He's had a no-hitter. The Dodgers have only had one perfect game. That was Koufax. Oh, this would be the second? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, but... Short and spring training. I mean, you can't risk that dude getting hurt in April. Like, that just can't be a thing. You, For me, for me, I think you have the conversation. Like, how do you feel? You got to be honest here. Because if if you blow out your elbow or your shoulder uh, in the second start of the year because you're chasing a perfect game and we lose you for the year, it's going to be on Dave Roberts. It ain't going to be on Clayton Kershaw. People are going to be mad at Dave Roberts for sending him back out there and getting himself hurt. Or he pitches well here and gets hurt in the next game because his 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 arm uh, is battling fatigue and they go out there and pitch on normal five days. Yeah, that's tough, especially uh, in the month of April. Very, very tough. So uh, we'll see Clayton Kershaw. Dude's not a spring chicken. Not a young dude. Still figuring out ways to get it done. Adam Wainwright for the Cardinals. Not a young dude. Still figuring out ways to get it done. Nate, north side of Milwaukee, you're next on Sparky's Midday Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. What's up? Uh, what's good, Sparky? I'm a, I, I'm a, I was talking to Toby yesterday. He had the, kind of like the same topic. Yeah, on the big show, right. Yep. Yeah, and I said that that lefty lineup is not doing anything for you at this point morning in time. Moving, moving, I can see if moving Wong down like made anything better, but it's not. The lineup that's, that, you, that, that you played these three, the, uh, the, uh, the end of the Cub series and yesterday is the one is the one that's giving you production. I feel like when you're struggling for offense early in the year and you're struggling to to produce runs, you need to stay with what works. I'm I'm okay with if you want a lefty righty lefty righty thing. Okay, cool. But as far as I'm for playing the players that's giving you production, it's and like I told Tim Allen uh, last night. It's the fifth game. Shouldn't nobody be tired right about now. Agreed. Um, it's, and then, and then, and it's for for me. It's like you. I t- gave this example. Rowdy Tellez hit a bomb in that Cubs series, the last game of the series. And what does he do? Uh, what does he get rewarded with? 
he gets rewarded by put, getting put on the bench. But again, but Nate, you have to understand something. And maybe I'm wrong. I don't think I am. Maybe I'm wrong. But I promise you, before the season started, Council talked with each one of these dudes about what the plan was going to be, righties and lefties. They all knew to start the season that when this type of pitcher was pitching, they were going to have days off or they were moving in the lineup. They all knew the plan to start. I, I, I understand that. I understand that some days you want to go with the matchup. But like, but like I'm saying, when you're struggling to find offense, the guy – if if you I don't it doesn't matter for me maybe I'm maybe me and Craig are on two different platforms but if a guy goes out and gets three hits um one night I'm putting him back in the lineup the next night I don't care if it's a lefty or or a guy who pitches with both hands I don't care who it is I'm throwing him back out there I'm I want I want to see him build on that I'm not taking him out of the lineup because. It's a it's a uh, lefty on so, the on on the uh, on the mound, right? And I, you know, I, Omar hit two bombs last night. That in any other ball, like in twenty other ballparks, those things are gone. Yep. So and and I and I just don't have the confidence in Craig saying, "Oh, Omar was hitting the ball, making good contact last night. I'm gonna put him back out there." I feel like he is. Like I said, like I told Rami. It feels like Craig is trying to be the smartest guy in the room. No, 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 no. Listen, I'm going to stop. It's not Craig. I'm telling you. It's partly counsel, yes. But it's also that front office. They are working together on this. Thanks for the call. Just, I, I don't care if you want to get mad and, and, you know, start blaming people. you got to blame everybody. This is all coming from the front office with Craig. They're working in harmony on this thing. Okay? That's where we're at. This is not just Craig. This is all of them. Clayton Kershaw update. I saw it. Yeah, okay. uh, no longer has his thick jacket on, according to Alden Gonzalez, who covers the Dodgers. Looks like a man who was done pitching for the day. Alex. Alex Vasia. Vasia now warming up aggressively. So he looks like he's done seven innings, no base runners, thirteen strikeouts on eighty pitches uh, for Clayton Kershaw. Uh, against Minnesota. And at least Twins fans have the Timberwolves, who got a big win last night against the Clippers and made the play. You see their celebration? Oh, yeah. And Pat Beverly is the star of the night. Yeah. And he was crying after the game. TNT mocked him with the We Are the Champion songs because of how excited they are. That type of stuff pisses me off. I'll just be honest. I mean, I, I know it's funny, and a majority of the country probably laughs and everything else. But I, I'd love to go see Barkley go play in Minnesota with a team that couldn't make the playoffs for how many years. They finally are able to get in because of this goofy, dumb playing thing. They beat the team they're supposed to beat. They get in. Um, and how much it means to the city and everything else. And those players obviously know how much it means. Beverly beating his old team, the Clippers, in order to do it to get in. There were so many emotions. Yeah, he looked over the top for making a, a, a seventh seed playoff spot, but... Again, man, I'm happy for those guys. I, I, I'm glad the Timberwolves won. Uh, who knows? I hope they shock the world and get on a little bit of a run here. All right, coming up next, uh, Andy Herman, Pack-A-Day Podcast, straight ahead here. Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals, affordable family fun. Check them out, milwaukeeadmirals.com. Broadcast live from the Lakeland University Studios, offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. Steve Sparky, Fiverr with you. AR, Adam Roberts, producing Other Side of the Glass. Being joined now by one of our favorites, Andy Herman, uh, of course, of the Pack-A-Day podcast. You hear him on Bart's show. You hear him on Rami's show. You hear him on my show from time to time as well. Of course, also with Packer Report. Andy, uh, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. Always great talking Packers with you. I, I am interested for your thoughts on some draft stuff uh, to start off with. Um, normally in most drafts with Ted, you we always go in thinking, okay, he's probably going to trade back and get more picks. Um, going into this draft with Goody, uh, multiple things are different. A, they're in supposed go-for-it mode. B, they've got 11 picks already going into this draft with multiple ones uh, and multiple twos. Having said all of that, I still kind of feel like they could go offense, offensive lineman or something there at 22, and then, depending what's left, I could very easily see them moving back into the early second round to take their wide receiver there while picking up either a pick for 23 or uh, you know a fourth-round pick for this year or something along those lines. How do you think this whole thing plays out for the Packers as far as moving up or moving back one way or the other? 
Yeah, I think there's so many nuances that go into this, and I think it's a really interesting topic, and I'm actually glad that you started with this one because I think a lot of people are going into this draft and just expecting, all right, Green Bay traded away Devontae Adams. They've got two firsts, two seconds. Like You can pretty much guarantee day one's going to be done, and Green Bay's going to leave with one or two wide receivers. I don't think it's quite that easy. We have seen Green Bay over the course of pretty much three decades, from Ron Wolf to Ted Thompson to Brian Gutekunst, follow a pretty strict formula, specifically when it comes to their first picks. They prioritize youth, they prioritize athleticism, and they prioritize, um, you know, what I would call your premium positions, your quarterback, offensive tackle, edge rusher, defensive lineman, corners. You go back over the last 30 years, primarily they're picking those type of players. Now, we can have a really interesting discussion with the addition of Stephon Diggs and Tyree Kill and Devontae Adams into the, what, $30 million a year club, basically, if wide receiver is now moving into premium position category, which I think you can make that argument. And it's clearly a huge need for Green Bay. But what Brian Gutekunst does in this draft is going to be interesting for a variety of reasons. A, you have those normal thresholds and those type of players that he loves. B, you have these really intense needs specifically at wide receiver, but sort of sneakily at edge rusher, offensive line a little bit, you know, more from a depth standpoint, and then even safety depth as well. Um, but I think that there's also the, you know, if you look at what they normally draft from age and athleticism, just at that wide receiver position, it's really tough to sort of pin down, you know, exactly which wide receiver that they would potentially be targeting. I look at Jamison Williams, he's undersized what they normally like, of course, coming off an ACL. Traylon Burks doesn't fit the athletic profile. You know, Drake London, maybe, but he could start off more as a, you know, a bigger slot type receiver, which they don't need. Um, you know, they need an outside wide receiver. George Pickens, you could look at, but he had the injury a season ago and some of the productivity isn't necessarily there. It's tough to look at a wide receiver in round one and say, yeah, that guy fits exactly what they normally look for. Pickens is probably the closest, but you can make a strong argument that when you get into the second round, that that's when the wide receivers really start making sense for Green Bay, whether that's maybe George Pickens from moving back at 28 or moving maybe up um, with their second round pick. Um, and I think, you know, Alec Pierce is another guy that fits them perfectly and I think would very much be within the realm of possibility in the second round as well. So I think he can go about attacking this in a variety of different ways and nothing would really surprise me. You know, that's that's the other part of this that I'm, I'm anxious to get your thoughts on uh, is, you know, so many of us on Sports Talk Radio, but even if you're just a Packer fan and you love the draft, you know, you look at a million mock drafts. You know, probably from about, I don't know, November, December, all the way up to the draft changes a million times across all these different mock drafts uh, that you look at. Have you found a couple of mock drafts that you really get down with that, that tend to be closer to kind of like where the Packers are looking or what the Packers may want that have been somewhat accurate with Green Bay picks over the years? Yeah, you know, I think I was just talking uh, to a friend about this the other day. We, we've sort of reached the point, and it's well past the point now, but of just oversaturation, right? you can find a mock draft that tells you pretty much anything that you want to hear. If you want to hear that a specific receiver that you want is available at pick 22, you can pretty much find some mock draft somewhere that will tell you that that guy will be available at 22. Same thing at 28. You can do all the mock draft simulators, and if you do them enough, you can have something fall your way. So I've sort of you know, got away from looking at the mock drafts and what people think they can do because it's just so tough to find reliable ones where you're really finding people that are like going based off of NFL Intel and what, you know, teams actually could do and might do early in the draft. And it's also just a little bit early, you know, closer to draft time, you will see, you know, the actual, you know, pundits get closer to being able to figure out maybe like the top 10 and how some things could go. But yeah, once you start getting to pick 22, 28, there's so many variables at that point. And like you said earlier, Goody could move, move up, he could move back. There's so many different ways this could go. But, you know, as players that I see that I think could make sense, you know, George Karloftis, you know, out of Purdue is a player that, again, if we start talking about age, production, potential, athleticism, he hits everything that Green Bay likes. Like, that's a player that if he's there at 22, I think Brian Gutekunst would be very interested in. And it just, again, gets to, like, what players are available at 28, and it's just so hard to predict at this point. What about moving up for, say, a wide receiver, something that I am not a fan of because we've talked about this with Jacob Morley the other day uh, when he was on uh, Midday Madness. I don't think there's that guy, that Julio Jones-type guy, uh, at the top of this draft. So from that aspect, I'm not a fan of it. Now, I am a fan of moving up for a difference maker on defense if you believe there's one there to be had. That I'm good with. Um, I, but I'm not going to, I don't think I'm going to be all that excited if they move up for a wide receiver giving up a bunch of picks. 
Yeah, and that's where this gets so interesting because I don't think this is a trade-up draft. In fact, I would argue that really where you want to be in this draft is sort of where Green Bay is. I don't think the top of this draft is that strong almost at any of the positions. There's not top-tier quarterbacks. There's not that, like you said, that Julio Jones-type wide receiver that you want to just absolutely have on your roster. I don't see those type of players at a lot of positions in this draft. I think the heart of this draft is really going to be finding those values in the first, like late first, early second, mid-second rounds, where I think a lot of those players are going to be very closely related when it comes to draft grade. So to me, not a huge fan of Green Bay moving up in this specific draft. I also don't think they need to necessarily move back because, again, they have 11 picks. This is a team that's trying to win now. You know, you don't need more swings at it, so to speak. You need talented players. So I do think Gutekunst could maybe, you know, just move around. We know that he likes to do that. We saw the Jair Alexander trade, his very first move as a GM in a draft, where he moved all the way down and then he came back up a little bit. You know, so we could see him just have a lot of maneuverability with the picks that he has. Um, but yeah, I don't think that they necessarily need more picks in this draft. And I forget the crux of your question uh, at the beginning of that, but I, I do think you can do a variety of different things there. I just talked about whether or not there's that wide receiver worth moving up for. Oh, you yes, answered yes, it. Yes. You did just fine. Yeah, so, so about that. I, yeah no, that's yeah, fine. I don't think there's that alpha guy. I, don't, I just don't see it. I agree with you in that, in that aspect. I'm sitting here listening to you and I got a crazy idea. It literally just popped in my head. This okay. is what happens when you come on this show. Uh, follow Andy Herman on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL, Pack a Day Podcast, Packer Report. What if, Andy Herman, I'm going to throw an out-of-the-box idea at you. What if the Packers took 22 and 28, traded both of them to two different teams for a future first-round pick next year, and then uh, went in to the draft next year with three ones into the draft next year with the idea of packaging to move up to get one of the stud quarterbacks expected in next year's draft? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think – so Green Bay is so outside of the realm of what's normal at this point. And that's why it's even tough to be like, well, here's what they've done in the past, because you know what Green Bay didn't do in the past. They didn't, you know, basically give control of their quarterback to trade for the wide receiver that they wanted. They didn't, you know, borrow so much money from the future uh, to, you know, really go in all in and win now mode. They haven't used void years in contracts before that they've done now a ton of times in the last couple of seasons. So they are not. And now bringing back normal. a former coach too, and Clemens. Exactly. Bringing back Tom Clements because that's who sort of the quarterback wants. Like they're, they're not exactly acting within their, their normal uh, philosophies and their normal self at the moment in an effort to win now. So I think the thing with that, it, you know, it sounds great on paper, you know, that you could potentially do that and maybe move up for a key quarterback next year. But Green Bay has already mortgaged so much to potentially try to win and open up a two year window that, you know what, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they went in the opposite direction and maybe moved up. I w- it wouldn't surprise me if they moved up there two seconds and ended up with three first-round picks rather than two, maybe not moving up early in the draft, but maybe moving to the top of the first and getting three first-round guys that they really value that they think can come in and help them win right now. Maybe that's a wide receiver, an offensive tackle, and a, you know, an edge rusher that right. they can all, again, put, you know, plug and play right now. You know, again, it's so hard to predict because, again, they're not acting within themselves like they normally would. And this is a situation where, yeah, they used to love those 20- and 21-year-old guys, but by the time those guys are ready, look at Rashawn Gary. Like, if they drafted the next Rashawn Gary in this draft, that sounds great, but by the time he's ready to contribute, that's what, three years from now? You know, it took him two years to really develop. Well, by that time, your window with Aaron Rodgers may be closed. So they don't need that guy. They need the guy that's maybe 23, 24, whether that's a Devin Lloyd or a Boy Mafe who can come in and potentially play from day one and help this team so, right now. So all of those options are on the table. It's interesting you bring that up. I hadn't thought about it from that perspective of they're not going to invest in projects. They want to go now. So with that being said, then why the defensive lineman from Georgia would be completely out of the realm of possibility because of how old he is, it's the exact opposite of Kenny Clark, that, that would still put him in play then based on that philosophy. And it could, right? So like Devontae White is such a great example of a player that probably is normally maybe not on Green Bay's radar because he's, what, 24 years old? Yep. And he's basically the same age as Rashawn Gary at this point. He'd be two years younger than Kenny Clark, who's already played six years in the league. Like, that's just not their M.O. But if they feel that he can come in and, you know, go next to Kenny Clark and be an immediate gap penetrator, get to the quarterback, you know, uh, be somebody that gets the tackles for loss on the running back in the backfield – like that's his game, and he would fit very well next to Kenny Clark. They don't have that guy in the defensive line. They've got big, strong guys who can help collapse the pocket. They don't have that quick win guy. If they think that that can help them, 
whether he's 24 or 26 or 21, it doesn't really matter because these next two years are what matters for Green Bay. And they just had him in for a pre, uh, pre-draft visit as well. So uh, obviously he very well may be in play here uh, for the Green Bay Packers. Again, check out Andy's uh, Pack-A-Day podcast. Check out the Packer Report. Follow Andy Herman on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Always fun to have you on, Andy. Appreciate it. Anything you want to plug or promote on the way out? Yeah, just check out the Packaday YouTube channel. A lot of great draft breakdowns of some of the guys we discussed today. Almost all the wide receivers, Devontae Wyatt. Deep dives into all of them, and they're really fun breakdowns over on YouTube at the Packaday channel. It's a beautiful thing. Thank you so much, Andy. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Have a good one. There he is, Andy Herman on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Applying for home renovation loan as you're feeling anxious. Well, breathe. Like Great Midwest Bank, help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com today. Q Club of Wisconsin. Baseball's going on. Playoffs are going on with the hoops. All of that going on. Only one place to go catch all your favorite action while playing your own favorite indoor games is Q Club of Wisconsin. Plenty of TVs to watch all the games while you play your favorite indoor games. We're talking about bocce ball, indoor bocce ball foosball, table tennis, pool tables, a lot of pool tables, uh, dartboard, shuffleboard. They got it all right there at Q Club of Wisconsin. Then while you're you're playing your games and you're watching your, your sports on the TVs, you have some great food, loaded burgers, rafts, wings. Plus, today's Wednesday, by the way, their Wednesday and Friday fish fries piled up <laughs> with all the extras. Visit their Facebook page or Q Club of WI.com for menu and weekend live entertainment updates. Q Club of Wisconsin, North Grandview Boulevard in Waukesha. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I wish it was summertime. 71 degrees out right now. 71 degrees out currently as we sit right now. And it still looks super gloomy. 71. But 71, like anybody, smile at this point. The problem is, uh, is that while it's 71 here, you go to the northwest part of the state, Eau Claire is currently at 42. La Crosse is at 45. Plaidville at 46. If you go back into Minnesota, Minneapolis is at 36. So, yes, it's warm now, 71. Sheboygan, 58. Green Bay is 48. But down here in Milwaukee, southeastern Wisconsin, 71 degrees. That cold's coming. That cold is definitely coming. And it's going to be here deep into next week. I think we're not supposed to get back above 50 after today until like Thursday or Friday. Thursday or Friday? Mm-hmm. Of next week? Next week. You're kidding. Nope. <sighs> All right. Great. I mean, I've got baseball to watch outside, you know, high school baseball and stuff. Like, I, oh, man, God. It was so... So cold last night with that wind blowing in Oak Creek. Oh my goodness gracious, it was cold. Uh, I, I want to briefly here, we're going to have Rami in here in a few minutes to talk about his show coming up at three, but briefly, that idea that I came up with literally while I was talking with Andy Herman, and I not put two and two, I, I not really put it all together in my brain of like how this all would look. But the more I think about it, the more it makes sense. F- furthermore, don't care what 12 things because 12 ain't passing up all the money he just signed to, right? So that that's not happening. He's going to be fine. Uh, you're the one that, that signed that $150-some million guaranteed deal. Um, 
if you were to trade both those first round picks for first round picks in 23 to give you an opportunity to have three first round picks next year to be able to move up into, say, the top five, maybe, or further up than that, to have a chance at uh, a quarterback out of Alabama, quarterback out of Ohio State, quarterback out of Florida. I mean, literally, I think there's going to be, I think they're rejecting like five first round picks at quarterback or something stupid like that, maybe more, uh, in next year's first round. So, like, next year is the quarterback draft if you are going to replace Aaron Rodgers with somebody. Then that somebody that you would draft would essentially have two years to play behind Aaron Rodgers before Rodgers is done in year three. You move Jordan Love at some point this season or before the draft next year to get some more draft capital to go along with those three ones to sweeten the pot more if you need to in order to move up to get that done. And then you get your camp miss, stud quarterback, top of the draft guy, go get him. He replaces Rodgers. Let's go. Now, the ex- the the problem with all of this is, is that they're in win-down mode. So right now, if you do this, you're sacrificing the future in the first round this or the present in the first round this year, and you're sacrificing the present in the first round next year uh, as well. That's a lot to sacrifice if you're in win now mode, right? Then Andy Herman countered that with, what if they take those second round picks and figure out a way to get back into the first round? And now all of a sudden you end up with, say, three first-round draft picks instead of just two. And now you fill three of your needs right there in the first round. You get your edge rusher, you get your offensive lineman, and you get your wide receiver in the first round. Then obviously you're going to wait uh, to the third uh, round again to draft. Could you imagine next Thursday, if this plays out like Andy Herman said, maybe it does, if when Thursday night gets done, we come in here Friday, Bart comes in Friday, and we'll be doing our draft show Thursday night, Gary and myself. And Me then too. Uh, uh, Adam will be here as well, Adam Roberts. And then Friday night, Bart and Toby are doing the day two draft show uh, on Friday night. But could you imagine Thursday night? If when, as we go off the air, we're talking about three players the Packers picked in the first round of the draft. Now, again, Bart and Toby are going to be livid because they have a draft show on Friday night with no Packer picks to probably look forward to or talk about. But if they ended up with three first-round picks, how excited would most people be about that possibility of going in? Because that would be, to a certain degree, like an all-in move for the Packers, using draft picks. That kind of would be what that is. And at the expense of losing a second-round pick, probably this year, maybe a one next year gets put into the mix in order to get this whole thing done. So maybe you lose your one next year. But you get three top, what, 28, 30 players in the NFL draft to add to your roster all guys that should be impact guys right away in year one. That This draft here, man, has got to be one of the most anticipated drafts that I can remember. Like, I can't remember another draft. Probably the last time there was this much talk about draft was A.J. Hawk at five where they went in with a number five overall pick and you knew they were going to have a chance at a stud. And it was just a matter of who they were going to end up getting. There was a lot of anticipation going up to that. If you remember that morning, because back then the draft was on Saturday and Sunday, I believe, that morning there was talk that the Packers uh, were in talks trying to move up to get Reggie Bush possibly. And I don't believe that was true. Uh, but there was rumors and rumblings that morning about trying to move up uh, from five. Obviously, uh, it didn't happen. Robbie McAuliffe uh, coming up next. We'll find out what's going on on the Rami Show. Easter weekend, just a couple days away. And as we gather to enjoy our holiday celebration, whether large or small, there's still time to order up delicious food from Robert's Specialty Meats. Paul Roberts, my guy, our guy, your guy, will help you select and even provide proper cooking tips to make your Easter dinner memorable. From holiday hams, Polish sausage, USDA prime beef tenderloin, prime rib, bacon wrap fillets, and more. The Al Capone pork roast is a family favorite. Oh, it's so good. Combining several meats, cheeses, and seasonings into one awesome meal, which can be trimmed to suit your serving needs. If you're tailgating at the ballpark this weekend, don't forget Robert's Ribs on a Stick. It's a must-have. It's an absolute must-have tailgate treat. 
Call ahead to Roberts today at 262-549-MEAT for the best selection. 262-549-MEAT for the best selection. And when you visit, be sure to pick up some of their made-fresh daily cherrywood smoked beef jerky or beef sticks in several distinctive flavors. The perfect snack treats for any time. You can also check them out online at robertspecialtymeatswaukesha.com for money-saving coupons. For the best in meats, there's only one place. Robert's Specialty Meats, your hometown butcher. Talked about it earlier today on the Big Show. Ordered my four-pound boneless ham today, or yesterday, I should say, to be picked up uh, this weekend over at Robert Specialty Meats. They're going to slice it up into quarter-inch slices for me. Whole deal. We'll have it for Easter dinner. Uh, then I got to pick up some beef sticks when I go there uh, as well. Got to pick up some of that carnivore salad, which is cheese curds and different beef sticks and jerky and so forth all mixed together into one. Got to pick that up for the weekend. Uh, lots to pick up for the weekend. I asked, I asked uh, AR, I was like, hey, man. What are y'all doing for Easter? Need some stuff from Roberts? And ARs got nope. Where I'm going, they're providing all the food. Don't need anything. Yeah, my mom would be personally, I think, offended if I showed up to Easter dinner and brought a ham with me. I volunteered to bring the ham. I, I, I would rather know I'm bringing great ham than having somebody buy a frozen ham from a store that's not going to be nearly as good. Now, I wonder what she would say if I walked in with some skiers. Oh, now you're talking. Yeah. Those Knick Knick whiskey skiers are so good. So, so good. Can Love I jump them. in here real quick? No. No. Is your turn to talk? I just wanted to add a little something about Robert's specialty meats. I swear to God. What? What do you want? Now they have this. This is Rami Makhlouf, by Hi, the way. Hi, how's everybody doing? D- doing great. Yeah. Good. Uh, Rami's chicken chorizo. Because, you know, I got the high cholesterol. He came on to promote something that's named after him. That's what you jumped in. You have a whole other segment coming up. You could have done this then. Okay. I had a, I'll, I'll, I had a Rami's chicken chorizo quesadilla right before I came okay, in for lunch today. What in the world does a Rami chicken chorizo consist of? It's just it's chorizo, but made out of chicken. Then it's rather, not chorizo. Rather than pork. This is what I don't understand about what this. What do you mean? I don't understand this. Hey, how about chicken burger? It's not a burger then. A hamburger is a hamburger. Mm, it's chorizo, a chicken patty. The it's not a chicken burger. Make chorizo like, more than the meat. There's a isn't there a chorizo sausage? A, a chorizo sausage is pork mixed with a certain blend of spices and herbs. And everybody's is different, right? Correct. Yeah. So like so, Usinger's chorizo is my favorite by far, not mm-hmm. even close. Um, I've not had the chorizo sausages. I don't think by Roberts oh, yet. They're so good. Not had it yet. The pork and the so Rami's you, chicken chorizo. So you came up with the the mixings and the spices. No, for no, this no. Thing? I just came up with the idea because I went to him and I was like, "Hey, man, I have high cholesterol and I like breakfast burritos. Can you make a chicken chorizo?" And he was like, "Yeah, we can do that." So he did, and he named it after well, me. Well, good. Then I've got an idea too. I'd What's like. that? If you're having something named after you, then I want something see, named after me. So then see, I want. He acts like I have a big head and a big ego. He can't well, handle no. that I have something named after me. Now he has to have something named after him. Well, maybe after Adam then. Mm-hmm. I don't really care. Uh-huh. But I want, uh-huh. since we're having need to having Paul Roberts do everything for us, <laughs> then I would like uh-huh. something that I would buy a ton of. Which is? Which would be the Al Capone meatballs. That's what I want. I want Al Capone meatballs. I mean, I have just That's ta- what I, want. I have just taken the Al Capone Italian sausage out of the casing and just made meatballs out of it. No interest in doing that myself. Or you can buy the burger patties and just roll them into meatballs. Get more work for me. No, I, I would like uh, Al Capone meatballs that I could buy. See, but that's a mouthful. Sparky's Long. Al Capone Italian meatballs. No, you don't have to name it after me. Okay. I just want them available. Right. Al Capone meatballs. You don't have to name really anything good. after me. I made them and they're really good. You have. Yeah, I made them out of Italian, out of the Al Capone sausage. Yeah. I just took it out of the case. I bet you it's really good. Rolled it into Because I love Al Capones. I really love Al Capones. You just brown them, put them yeah. under the broiler, brown them, then put them in the sauce. Oh. Broiler. Mm. No, don't use it. Uh, okay. Uh, Rami Makhlouf is up next. Maybe more food talk, maybe more about what's coming up on his show at 3 o'clock. Rami's on the Chicken Rami Chorizo. Th- that's all. It tears off his mic. Like, was that supposed to be a mic drop, you weirdo? Welcome back, Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. MilwaukeeAdmirals.com for affordable family fun. 
We broadcast live from the Lakeland University studios, offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. That's lakeland.edu slash get started. Still waiting on this Brewers lineup. I mean, I think we all know what it's going to be. It's a lefty and John Means tonight uh, against the Brewers. But as of yet, still uh, nothing on the Brewers lineup. So Ronnie Makloff will have that for you once it comes out during his show from 3 to 6 this afternoon. Uh, what do you have coming up on the show, Ron? Coming up on the show today, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer will talk uh, some Brewers, some Christian Yelich out of the gates. I want to know what what's good enough for Christian Yelich this year. Oh, I've done that. Um, I said two eighty to two eighty five, thirty plus homers. Okay, all right. So you're looking at you you're looking at batting average because the batting average is good right no, now. No, I'm looking at power. Okay, because right now, I mean, well, you did say the home runs. That's true. Yeah, he can't be twenty home runs. He's got to be thirty plus. He just does. He he can't be at 22 homers or whatever. He's got to be a guy when he comes up that they're worried that he's going to go yard on him. He's got to have that fear factor because right now he doesn't have any fear factor whatsoever. Now that he's ball, hitting, that ball he hit off the wall. Nah, he's had two hard hit balls that I remember. Now maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm missing one. But the double was a hard hit ball. And then you last see, night, that double off off the center field wall, that was blistering. That was like 110-mile exit velocity. You're the first guy. That was really good. You're the first guy who, when Christian Yelich was hitting the ball hard, if I said, man, he's hitting the ball hard, he just has bad luck. You're the first guy to go, yeah, and and brush that off. But then, but the problem but is, then when he gets hits, even if he's not hitting the ball the hard, he go, ah. Like you can't have it both ways, big, man. Big difference. His bar has been lowered so much to dirt level that you got to start somewhere. So now at this point, because you're starting over with this dude, you have to want him to square it up and do something. That I mean, his next at bat, we had Rutina Juan today talking about it. They were all they were watching the game, and Vinny Rutina was like, "All right, man, he crushed that ball. He did. He and then hard. the next at bat, he dribbles a little grounder, and they're like, "Well, at least he crushed the last one." I mean, they were saying that themselves while they were watching the game. That's that's kind of where it is. You just all expectation level has to be brought back down. Uh, and then you have to kind of build back up again. It's like starting over. It's kind of what I'm doing expectation-wise with this dude. So for me, it's 30 home runs or more. Uh, and then, you know, 280, 285. I mean, it's not going to be MVP numbers or nothing like that, but that should be good enough for all-star consideration. I don't know if he'll get it. Probably not. But that would at least be good for all-star consideration. Probably going to be. It's going to be tough for him to make an all-star team with all these pitchers going to the all-star game. I mean, they're already going to have, you know, three three to five guys mm-hmm. immediately with pitchers. It's going to be hard for a position player to make an all-star game now for this Brewers team um, because of that factor. So, yeah, that, that's kind of where I'm at. So we'll talk about that. And also at 3.30, uh, we can look past this Bucks team, right? Like we Or the Bulls. We can look past the Bulls, right? Yeah. Right, okay. Good. They're not healthy. I just no, want to make sure that we yeah. can. Okay. Yeah, We're all no. on the same page. Yeah. I mean, I uh, sweep or maybe they lose one, but. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's fair. I I think the conversation really is Boston and Brooklyn right now. That that to me is going to be the series and what you want to deal with in the next round. We'll get more into that tomorrow on the big show. But th- th- for me as a Bucks fan, you want to watch that series. I mean, yeah, you want to watch the Bucks obviously, but that that series is something is going to be one to watch to see how Boston plays the Nets, what works, what doesn't work, um, and, and get an idea of what you're dealing with when you probably have to face the Nets in the next round. Ryan Wood will be here at 4, Tim Allen at 4.30 to talk some brewers and do some draft mockery, Rohan Cotty at 5.30 from the Eurostep podcast, and man, was playing night of game, night one of play of the playing games, just an entertaining night, man. The games, the other stuff, so, off uh, coming off the games, it was, that was a fun night of NBA action right there. Okay, so I, I saw you quote tweet the TNT we are the champions thing that they thought was funny. I said it earlier. It pissed me off. Like I, I hate that stuff. I mean that that show specifically drives me nuts. I like Ernie and Why don't I like, you like Kenny fun? Smith and Shaq and Barkley. Why don't you like fun? Because this is my thing. That was funny. You work there, uh-huh. so you you're more closer to it than I am. But I'm just looking at it from a guy that watched the Bucks suffer forever, uh, and was you know just happy to get to being a point of relevance. And they finally get to the playoffs for the first time in how many years? And they got to go through this stupid play-in game in order to hold their spot. And they win. They beat a big market team in L.A. They go nuts. Beverly, don't like him either, but he beats his former team, the Clippers, so he's crying and he's emotional. The players on that team, I'm sure, in Minnesota have heard all about how the Timberwolves have been horrible for years. They'll never be good again. God, this franchise sucks. I'm sure they've heard all of that since they've been there. 
Um, and it was a big damn deal, not only to them, but I promise you to every single person that was watching that game that was a Timberwolves fan last night was just as excited as they were. That was a big deal. And to mock it and be stupid like that, I, I just, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I thought it was lame. But again, most of the country, I'm sure, laughed and thought it was funny. It was funny. By, by what they were doing. I thought it was dumb. It was funny. Yeah, I, I thought like it was it. funny. I was insane. And we'll laugh more about it stupid. coming up on the show today. And much, much more throughout the afternoon. Do, you, do, do am I right? Or do they not care about the Timberwolves in Minnesota? Um, I wouldn't say don't care. I would say kind of gave up. Like they, they're definite. They were definitely like lying in wait for something to have hope to go for, wrong. To ho- no, to, something to have hope for. So not like, waiting for the other shoe to drop. No, when things, I mean, things do. Things just did go wrong. That became the expectation. That became the norm for the minute. They're literally the most losing franchise in professional sports since they became an NBA team by Think winning about per, that. by winning percentage. Yeah, the most losing team in major American professional sports since becoming a, an NBA team. So losing and things going wrong became the norm. It wasn't waiting for the other shoe to drop. It was just shoes constantly dropping on you. So I wouldn't I wouldn't say they didn't care. They were just like they kind of knew what it was and were waiting for something better. And they got like they they got a little excited when the Jimmy Butler thing happened that year and then that obviously blew up in their face. So yeah, they're really demoralized and defeated. And now you got Alex Rodriguez to deal with. And now you have Alex Rodriguez to deal with, yeah. Yeah. I mean and again, that's another reason. What you just laid out is another reason why that all that crap they did last night on TNT just irritates the hell out of me. I'm, and I said it meant so much to that fan base. But and it then can to go on both. and mock them. That was stupid. It can be both. I, hate it. I said in a tweet today. I thought I'm really happy for the city of Minneapolis and all my friends up there. And there are a lot of guys on that team that are easy to root for. I like Kat. I like Anthony Edwards. I like Patrick Beverly. You know what I mean? They have a lot of guys that I like to root for. But at the same time, like that that reaction was a lot, man. And it's okay to have a chuckle about it. I'm sure Patrick Beverly is having a chuckle about it today. I don't know, man. I, I thought it was cool. But it can way. be both. It can be very cool for that city and something meaningful and be something funny that we all have a chuckle at. It I mean, can again, be both. I, I would like to see Barkley and how he would react if he was in Minnesota that whole time and not been in the playoffs. What would his reaction have been to that? Would he have been like, yeah, that's fine. Just walk off the court? Or would he, Barkley have went crazy? Absolutely, he would have went crazy. He's an emotional guy. Shaq, he never had to go through anything like what Minnesota's gone through. Neither one of those two guys have any idea of what it's like to have your team struggle for as long as they've struggled. They have no clue whatsoever. Kenny Smith, he walked into two championships in Houston because of Michael Jordan being out. I mean, so again, that's just, I don't know. That's ridiculous. All right, coming up next, Rami Makhlouf and the Rami Show from 3 to 6 here on The Fan. Tomorrow, Tim Allen, 1035, 4-1-4 day. Brewers home opener against the Cardinals. We'll talk with him. Have a good one. Toodles! This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.